Welcome to a special edition of Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. On today's broadcast, Andrew will be sharing about the importance of having a biblical worldview. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Friday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today is the end of my first week of teaching on this brand new product that I have entitled A Biblical Worldview. It comes in a package like this. You can go to our website and have a special download of all of the videos when you purchase this material. And then you also get this workbook that has all of the quotes, all of the details, all of the information in there, and it'll help you, but it'll also specifically enable you to teach this to other people. And today, I've already made the point about how important a biblical worldview is. Now I'm talking about how you need to understand the accuracy of the Bible. You can't have a biblical worldview if you don't trust the Bible as being the inspired Word of God. This will bless you. So watch this, and I'll be back at the end of the program today. This is now the second topic in our Biblical Worldview series. And in the first teaching on this, I basically was just talking about how important it is to have a biblical worldview. We talked about what a worldview was. We talked about how that everybody has one, whether you realize it or not, and that this influences. It predetermines your responses to everything that happens to you. So we are programmed to look at life and everything that happens to us in a certain way. That's our worldview. And for a believer, we've got to have a biblical worldview. And what I want to do during this session is to just talk about the Bible being the inspired Word of God. You can't have a biblical worldview if you don't believe in the Bible and put confidence in it and trust that what is represented about God in the Bible is accurate. So that's what I want to deal with on today's teaching. And I want to first of all start with what does the Bible say about itself? You know, there's a lot of people that say that the Bible, oh, it's it's great, it's inspired of God, but then they don't believe the accuracy of it. And what that does, it just dilutes and destroys. If we go back to some of the things that I said in the very first teaching in Genesis chapter 3, Satan came against the Word of God, the very first thing. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And Satan spoke through the serpent to Eve and says, Has God said? The very first thing he did was attack the Word of God. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, the Lord had given Adam a command that says, You shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. The word surely there means it was emphatic. There was no question about this. God had emphatically stated what would happen, what they should do, and yet Satan came, and the very first thing he did was attack what God had said. Has God said? And then he says, that's not true. God, you know, it's not accurate. You you won't surely die. And so it's the exact same thing with us. The Bible says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 
PAUL WAS SAYING THAT IN THE SAME WAY THAT SATAN BEGUILED EVE THROUGH HIS SUBTLETY, HE FEARED THAT WE WOULD BE BEGUILED THROUGH THE SIMPLICITY THAT'S IN CHRIST. SO SATAN IS DOING THE SAME THING. HE'S ATTACKING THE WORD OF GOD. AND I KNOW THAT THERE'S PEOPLE WATCHING THIS RIGHT NOW WHO YOU MAY BE CHRISTIANS, YOU MAY HAVE COMMITTED YOUR LIFE TO THE LORD, YOU MAY BELIEVE IN THE GOSPEL THAT WHEN YOU DIE, YOU ARE GOING TO GO TO HEAVEN AND NOT TO HELL, THAT YOUR SINS WERE PLACED UPON JESUS AND YOU'VE RECEIVED JESUS AS YOUR LORD, AND YET YOU DO NOT BELIEVE IN THE INERRANCY OF THE SCRIPTURE. AND IF THAT'S THE CASE, WELL THEN, SATAN IS GOING TO BE ABLE TO COME AGAINST YOU AND LEAD YOU OFF THE PATH THE SAME AS HE DID ADAM AND EVE. YOU HAVE TO KNOW THAT THE BIBLE IS THE ACCURATE, INSPIRED WORD OF GOD, ACCURATE IN ALL OF ITS DETAILS, AND THAT'S WHAT I WANT TO COVER TODAY. SO THE BIBLE IS NOT A BOOK THAT MEN WROTE ABOUT GOD, BUT THE BIBLE IS WHAT GOD INSPIRED MEN TO WRITE ABOUT HIM. NOW, THAT IS VERY IMPORTANT THAT YOU UNDERSTAND THAT. HERE'S WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS ABOUT ITSELF. 2 TIMOTHY, CHAPTER 3, VERSE 16 SAYS, ALL SCRIPTURE IS GIVEN BY INSPIRATION OF GOD AND IS PROFITABLE FOR DOCTRINE, FOR REPROOF, FOR CORRECTION, FOR INSTRUCTION IN RIGHTEOUSNESS, THAT THE MAN OF GOD MAY BE PERFECT, THOROUGHLY FURNISHED UNTO ALL GOOD WORKS. THE PHRASE HERE IN THE KING JAMES, IT SAYS, GIVEN BY INSPIRATION OF GOD. IT COMES FROM A COMPOUND GREEK WORD THAT IS THEOPHANUSTOS. AND I, I'M NOT A GREEK SCHOLAR, SO FORGIVE ME IF I MESS THAT UP. BUT ANYWAY, THIS WORD MEANS, ACCORDING TO THE STRONG'S DICTIONARY, THE FIRST WORD IS THEOS, AND THAT MEANS THE DEITY, ESPECIALLY THE SUPREME DEITY. AND THEN THE SECOND GREEK WORD, IT MEANS TO BREATHE HARD. THEREFORE, THIS GREEK WORD MEANS GOD BREATHED. AND THIS IS THE WAY IT WAS TRANSLATED IN THE AMPLIFIED, THE NIV, THE MESSAGE BIBLE, ALL SAY THAT THE SCRIPTURE WAS GOD BREATHED. THAT MEANS THAT GOD INSPIRED MEN TO WRITE THIS. IT IS NOT JUST MAN'S OPINION ABOUT GOD. IT IS NOT HUMAN REASONING. IT IS GOD BREATHED. IN 2 PETER, CHAPTER 1, VERSES 20 AND 21, IT SAYS, KNOWING THIS FIRST, THAT NO PROPHECY OF THE SCRIPTURE IS OF ANY PRIVATE INTERPRETATION. FOR THE PROPHECY CAME NOT IN OLD TIME BY THE WILL OF MAN, BUT HOLY MEN OF GOD SPAKE AS THEY WERE MOVED BY THE HOLY GHOST. SO THIS IS A VERY CLEAR STATEMENT IN SCRIPTURE, THE BIBLE COMMENTING ON ITSELF, THAT IT IS NOT A BOOK BY MEN ABOUT GOD, BUT IT IS A BOOK FROM GOD THROUGH MEN REVEALING TO US HIS VERY NATURE. HERE'S WHAT W.E. VINE SAID ABOUT THIS SCRIPTURE IN 2 PETER chapter 1, VERSE 21. HE SAID THAT THE GREEK WORD THAT WAS TRANSLATED MOVED IN THIS VERSE MEANS TO BEAR, CARRY, IT IS RENDERED BEING MOVED IN 2 PETER 1, 21, AND IT SIGNIFIES THAT THEY WERE BORN ALONG OR IMPELLED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT'S POWER, NOT ACTING ACCORDING TO THEIR OWN WILLS OR SIMPLY EXPRESSING THEIR OWN THOUGHTS, BUT EXPRESSING THE MIND OF GOD IN WORDS PROVIDED AND MINISTERED BY HIM. NOW, THAT'S W.E. VINE'S EXPOSITORY DICTIONARY OF OLD AND NEW TESTAMENT WORDS. AND SO IF YOU TAKE WHAT THE BIBLE SAYS ABOUT ITSELF, IT SAYS THAT IT IS GOD-BREATHED THAT MEN WROTE AS THEY WERE MOVED ALONG, BORN, CARRIED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT. 
SO THE BIBLE IS INSPIRED OF GOD, AND FOR YOU TO REAP THE BENEFITS OF THE BIBLE, YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE THIS. YOU KNOW, THE SCRIPTURE SAYS IN HEBREWS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 2, IT SAYS THAT THE WORD THAT WAS PREACHED UNTO THEM DID NOT PROFIT THEM, NOT BEING MIXED WITH FAITH IN THEM THAT HEARD IT. SO THAT IS A VERY CLEAR STATEMENT THAT THE WORD HAS TO BE MIXED WITH FAITH IN ORDER TO GET THE BENEFIT OF IT. AND THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE WHO HAVE ACCEPTED JESUS AS THEIR LORD. THEY'VE BEEN BORN AGAIN, BUT THEY REALLY DO NOT HAVE A CONFIDENCE IN THE WORD OF GOD. YOU KNOW, I HAD A WOMAN THAT CAME TO OUR BIBLE COLLEGE. AND IN 2014, I REMEMBER IT WAS RIGHT AFTER WE MOVED INTO OUR BRAND NEW FACILITY THAT I CALL THE BARN UP IN WOODLAND PARK, COLORADO. AND THIS WOMAN WAS THANKING ME AND SAYING THAT IT HAD JUST TOTALLY CHANGED HER LIFE. AND I SAID, WELL, HOW HAS IT CHANGED YOUR LIFE? AND SHE SAID, WELL, BEFORE I CAME TO SCHOOL, SHE SAID, I WAS JUST A ULTRA-LIBERAL. SHE SAID, I WAS BELIEVING IN A WOMAN'S CHOICE. I WAS FOR BEING TOLERANT TOWARDS HOMOSEXUALITY. I BELIEVE THAT WE WERE JUST SUPPOSED TO TURN THE OTHER CHEEK, THAT WE WERE SUPPOSED TO PRACTICE TOLERANCE. AND SHE SAYS, EVERY TIME YOU GOT OFF ON ANY OF THESE SOCIAL ISSUES, MORAL ISSUES, AND YOU MENTIONED WHAT THE BIBLE HAD TO SAY, SHE SAYS, IT JUST GRADED ON ME. IT WAS AGAINST EVERYTHING I'D EVER BEEN TAUGHT. AND SHE SAID, THAT'S THE WAY I WAS WHEN I FIRST CAME HERE. AND SHE SAYS, NOW I HAVE BECOME SO CONSERVATIVE AND SO STRONG IN THESE AREAS THAT HER OWN FAMILY HAD REJECTED HER. SO I TOOK THIS WOMAN ASIDE AND I SAID, LOOK, I DO NOT WANT TO ARGUE WITH YOU. I AM NOT GOING TO CRITICIZE YOU. I'M NOT GOING TO SAY ANYTHING AGAINST YOU, BUT PLEASE EXPLAIN TO ME HOW YOU COULD BE A CHRISTIAN AND SAY THAT YOU LOVED GOD AND YET EMBRACE EVERY VALUE THAT IS CONTRARY TO WHAT THE BIBLE HAS TO SAY. AND THIS WOMAN, I MEAN, IT WAS, it was VERY REVEALING TO ME. SHE SAYS, I LOVED GOD, BUT I DIDN'T LOVE THE WORD. SHE SAYS, YOU CAN LOVE GOD AND BE A LIBERAL AND BELIEVE IN EVERYTHING THAT THE BIBLE TEACHES AGAINST, BUT YOU CANNOT LOVE THE WORD OF GOD AND BE THAT WAY. AND BOY, THAT WAS REALLY REVEALING TO ME. AND THERE'S A LOT OF CHRISTIANS JUST LIKE THIS THAT THEY HAVE COMMITTED THEIR LIFE TO THE LORD BECAUSE SOME WAY GOD CONVICTED THEM. THEY HEARD ENOUGH OF THE GOSPEL THAT THEY CONFESSED JESUS AS THEIR LORD AND GOT BORN AGAIN. BUT THEY HAVEN'T REALLY TAPPED INTO THE WORD OF GOD. THEY MAY SAY THAT THE BIBLE IS A WORD OF GOD, BUT THEY DON'T BELIEVE IT. THEY CERTAINLY HAVEN'T STUDIED IT. THEY DON'T LET THE BIBLE GET IN THE WAY OF WHAT THEY BELIEVE. IT'S IMPOSSIBLE FOR YOU TO HAVE A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW AND NOT BELIEVE IN THE ACCURACY OF THE BIBLE. AND THERE'S A LOT OF THINGS IN OUR SOCIETY TODAY. I'M GOING TO BE DEALING WITH A LOT OF THESE THINGS, SUCH AS EVOLUTION. AND THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE THAT JUST BELIEVE THAT EVOLUTION IS A PROVEN FACT. I WON'T BE DEALING WITH THAT TODAY, BUT IN THE NEXT TOPIC, I'LL BE TALKING ABOUT THAT AND CONTRASTING WHAT THE BIBLE HAS TO SAY ABOUT CREATIONISM VERSUS EVOLUTION. AND SEE, THERE'S A LOT OF PEOPLE THAT SAY, OH, YEAH, I BELIEVE IN THE BIBLE, BUT THEN THEY SIT THERE AND REJECT WHAT THE BIBLE HAS TO SAY ABOUT CREATION. THEY REJECT THAT WE WERE CREATED ON PURPOSE AND DESIGNED BY A CREATOR, AND THEY JUST ADOPT EVOLUTION. THAT'S NOT A BIBLICAL WORLDVIEW. AND I KNOW THAT THERE MAY BE PEOPLE WATCHING THIS THAT SAY, WELL, I BELIEVE IN THE BIBLE, BUT I DON'T BELIEVE IN CREATION BEING A LITERAL SIX DAYS, AND I DON'T BELIEVE IT'S IMPORTANT. I BELIEVE THAT, YOU KNOW, IT WAS MORE SYMBOLISM. AND IF YOU BELIEVE THAT, WELL, THEN SATAN IS GOING TO HAVE ACCESS TO YOU BECAUSE YOU DO NOT BELIEVE THAT THE BIBLE IS LITERALLY GOD-BREATHED, INSPIRED. PEOPLE WEREN'T MOVED BY THE HOLY SPIRIT. 
REMEMBER THIS, THAT MOSES IS THE ONE WHO WROTE THE GENESIS ACCOUNT, AND MOSES WAS NOT A NOVICE. MOSES SPENT 80 DAYS, TWO 40-DAY PERIODS BACK-TO-BACK ON THE MOUNTAIN IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD. HE SAW THE TEMPLE IN HEAVEN, AND HE CAME DOWN AND MADE A TABERNACLE TO REFLECT THAT. BUT GOD ALSO GAVE HIM THE LAW AND MANY OTHER THINGS, AND MOSES LITERALLY WAS IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD TO THE PLACE THAT HIS FACE shone, AND I MEAN, HE WAS ABLE TO JUST COMMAND THE EARTH TO OPEN UP AND SWALLOW HIS ENEMIES. HE WAS ABLE TO PART THE RED SEA. THIS MAN WAS IN RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD AND SPENT 80 DAYS IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD, SO MUCH SO THAT WHEN HE CAME DOWN, HIS FACE WAS GLOWING AND SHINING. HE HAD TO PUT A COVER OVER HIS FACE, A VEIL OVER HIS FACE, BECAUSE PEOPLE WERE AFRAID TO LOOK AT HIM. A MAN WHO HAD BEEN IN THE PRESENCE OF GOD FOR 80 DAYS WITHOUT FOOD AND WATER, WHICH IT'S IMPOSSIBLE TO GO THAT IN THE NATURAL. HE WAS SUPERNATURALLY SUSTAINED. THIS IS THE MAN WHO WROTE THE GENESIS ACCOUNT. AND I I BELIEVE THAT, MAN, IT WAS INSPIRED OF GOD, AND I BELIEVE THAT THAT'S EXACTLY THE WAY IT WAS. I'LL BE DEALING WITH THAT IN MY NEXT TEACHING. BUT SEE, YOU CAN'T JUST ACCEPT PART OF THE WORD OF GOD. THE BIBLE SAYS ABOUT ITSELF THAT IT IS INSPIRED. IT IS MOVED. PEOPLE WERE MOVED BY GOD. MATTER OF FACT, IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 2, IT TALKS ABOUT THE HOLY SCRIPTURES. OVER IN 2 TIMOTHY CHAPTER 3, VERSE 15, PAUL WAS TALKING TO TIMOTHY, AND HE SAYS, YOU HAVE KNOWN THE HOLY SCRIPTURES SINCE YOU WERE A CHILD. SO THE SCRIPTURE RIGHT THERE CALLS ITSELF HOLY, INSPIRED OF GOD, NOT MAN-WRITTEN, NOT FULL OF MISTAKES. I TELL YOU, THIS IS FOUNDATIONAL. THE BIBLE SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 10, VERSE 17, SO THEN FAITH COMES BY HEARING, AND HEARING BY THE WORD OF GOD. IF YOU ALLOW SATAN TO MAKE YOU THINK THAT THE BIBLE IS FULL OF ERRORS, AND IT'S JUST SYMBOLISM, AND IT'S MEN WRITING ABOUT GOD INSTEAD OF GOD SPEAKING THROUGH MEN, IF YOU BELIEVE THAT, WELL, THEN IT'S GOING TO HINDER YOUR FAITH, BECAUSE FAITH COMES BY HEARING, AND HEARING BY THE WORD OF GOD. SOME PEOPLE SAY, WELL, THE ORIGINAL MANUSCRIPTS MAY HAVE BEEN INSPIRED OF GOD, BUT WE HAVE HAD THEM POLLUTED, YOU KNOW, AS TRANSLATIONS WERE MADE. WE DO NOT HAVE THE ORIGINAL uh, DOCUMENTS TODAY. WE ARE OPERATING OFF OF TRANSLATIONS, AND THEY HAVE BEEN CORRUPTED THROUGH THE YEARS. AND SO YOU NEED TO REMEMBER THIS, THAT JESUS, THE APOSTLE PAUL, PETER, ALL OF THE PEOPLE WHO WROTE THE NEW TESTAMENT, DID YOU KNOW THAT THEY WERE NOT USING THE ORIGINAL MANUSCRIPTS OF THE OLD TESTAMENT? THEY WERE USING THE GREEK SEPTUAGENT, AND THE GREEK SEPTUAGENT WAS MADE 250 YEARS BEFORE THE TIME OF CHRIST, AND IT WAS 250 YEARS AFTER THE ORIGINAL DOCUMENTS HAD BEEN WRITTEN. SO THE SCRIPTURES THAT JESUS QUOTED FROM WERE 500 YEARS OLD. THEY HAD BEEN TRANSLATED MULTIPLE TIMES, AND YET JESUS QUOTED THEM AS SCRIPTURE, AS BEING INSPIRED OF GOD. SO JESUS BELIEVED IN THE ACCURACY OF THE WORD OF GOD EVEN THROUGH TRANSLATIONS. MATTER OF FACT, JESUS, IN MATTHEW CHAPTER 4 AND IN LUKE CHAPTER 4, JESUS QUOTED AND SAID, IT IS WRITTEN, MAN SHALL NOT LIVE BY BREAD ALONE. IT IS WRITTEN, THOU SHALT NOT TEMPT THE LORD THY GOD. IT IS WRITTEN, THOU SHALT WORSHIP THE LORD THY GOD, AND HIM ONLY SHALT THOU SERVE. THAT'S IN MATTHEW CHAPTER 4 AND LUKE CHAPTER 4 THAT RECORDS HIS TEMPTATION ON THE MOUNT. AND IN THOSE THREE TIMES, HE QUOTED FROM A TRANSLATION AND YET BELIEVED THAT IT WAS STILL THE INSPIRED, INFALLIBLE WORD OF GOD. 
Look at Paul in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 16. Paul's entire argument to the Galatians was about Abraham and how that he had received the promise of faith 430 years before the law came along. And he made a point in Galatians 3.16 of saying that the promises were to Abraham and his seed, singular, S-E-E-D, not seeds, plural. So Paul not only quoted a translation and used it as the Word of God, but he was believing in the accuracy of the translation even down to one letter of a word, whether it was plural or whether it was singular. And so Paul, Jesus, Peter, all of the New Testament writers, they believed in the inerrancy of Scripture even though it had been translated. SO ROMANS 1, 2 AND 2 TIMOTHY 3, 15 BOTH REFER TO THE HOLY SCRIPTURES. IN ROMANS CHAPTER 1, VERSE 2, IT SAYS, WHICH HE HAD PROMISED AFORE BY THE PROPHETS IN THE HOLY SCRIPTURES. 2 TIMOTHY CHAPTER 3, VERSE 15, IT SAYS, AND THAT FROM A CHILD THOU HAST KNOWN THE HOLY SCRIPTURES, WHICH ARE ABLE TO MAKE THEE WISE UNTO SALVATION THROUGH FAITH IN CHRIST. SO GOD'S WORD IS WHAT WE CALL THE BIBLE. IT WAS INSPIRED BY GOD, AND IT HAS BEEN PRESERVED BY GOD. I BELIEVE THAT. NOW, I DO BELIEVE THAT THERE ARE ALL OF THESE MODERN TRANSLATIONS AND THAT uh, THEY DON'T ALL AGREE, AND SO I BELIEVE THAT A TRANSLATION CAN BE OFF, BUT I BELIEVE THAT GOD HAS PRESERVED HIS WORD THROUGH THE TRANSLATIONS. IF YOU DON'T BELIEVE THAT, THEN YOU KNOW WHAT? YOU BASICALLY ARE JUST SAYING THAT WE CAN'T KNOW GOD. WE CAN ONLY TAKE SOMEBODY'S OPINION. IT'S FULL OF ERRORS. IT'S FULL OF MISTAKES. AND ALL OF A SUDDEN, YOUR FAITH IS GONE BECAUSE YOU NO LONGER HAVE A WORD FROM GOD. YOU MAY HAVE SOMETHING THAT ORIGINALLY CAME FROM GOD, BUT IT HAS BEEN CORRUPTED ALONG THE WAY. AND THAT JUST SIMPLY IS NOT WHAT THE WORD OF GOD SAYS ABOUT ITSELF. YOU HAVE TO HAVE A SUPERNATURAL GOD KIND OF FAITH in order to be saved. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is true that that salvation is not of yourselves, but it's also true that that faith is not of yourself. It comes from God. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says that we being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God that lives and abides forever. You cannot be born again without the seed of God's Word. That word seed there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, that word seed is the Greek word spora, where we get the word spore from, how a flower is pollinated and reproduces. And spora is a derivative of the Greek word sperma, where we get the word sperm from. In the same way that a child cannot be born without a seed, a sperm being sown, or a, a flower can't reproduce without spores being pollinated. Well, in the same way, you can't be born again without the Word of God. And going back to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2, the Word did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So the Word of God is a seed, a sperm, but it has to be believed to release its power. And if Satan can talk you out of the accuracy of the Word of God, well, then he can stop you from receiving from God. 
SO THIS IS JUST CRITICAL. YOU HAVE TO HAVE GOD'S FAITH. HIS WORD CONTAINS HIS FAITH. YOU KNOW, THERE IS A HUMAN FAITH THAT WHEN I WAS A KID, THEY USED TO BRING A CHAIR UP ON STAGE AND THEY SAID, IT'S FAITH FOR YOU TO SIT IN THIS CHAIR THAT YOU'VE NEVER SAT IN BEFORE. AND THEY WOULD USE THAT AS AN EXAMPLE OF FAITH. THEY WOULD SAY IT'S FAITH TO FLY IN AN AIRPLANE BECAUSE YOU DON'T KNOW HOW AN AIRPLANE FLIES. YOU DON'T KNOW HOW TO FLY AN AIRPLANE AND SO YOU'RE USING FAITH. THEY WOULD SAY IT'S FAITH FOR YOU TO GO THROUGH AN INTERSECTION ON A GREEN LIGHT BECAUSE YOU CAN'T SEE THAT THE OTHER, uh, THE OTHER ROAD THAT IS COMING HAS A RED LIGHT. YOU ARE JUST TAKING IT BY FAITH. BUT SEE, THOSE ARE ALL EXAMPLES OF HUMAN FAITH. IF YOU WERE TO SAY, COME SIT IN THIS CHAIR RIGHT HERE, AND YOU COULDN'T SEE A CHAIR, IF THERE WAS NOTHING YOU COULD SEE, IF THERE WAS NOTHING THAT YOU COULD FEEL, WELL, THEN YOU KNOW WHAT? YOU WOULDN'T SIT IN THAT. BUT WHEN IT COMES TO BELIEVING GOD, YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE IN A GOD WHOM YOU CANNOT SEE. YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE IN HEAVEN THAT YOU CAN'T SEE. YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE THAT JESUS CAME TO THIS EARTH. YOU WEREN'T HERE. YOU DIDN'T SEE HIM. YOU HAVE TO ACCEPT THESE THINGS BASED ON A FAITH THAT DOESN'T HAVE PHYSICAL PROOF. PHYSICAL EVIDENCE. GOD'S KIND OF FAITH, IT SAYS IN ROMANS CHAPTER 4, VERSE 17, THAT GOD CALLS THOSE THINGS THAT BE NOT AS THOUGH THEY WERE. SO GOD'S KIND OF FAITH ISN'T LIMITED TO HAVING SOME PHYSICAL SIGN. IF YOU WERE TO TRY AND DRIVE THROUGH AN INTERSECTION, AND IF THERE WAS NO LIGHT THERE, AND IF YOU HADN'T EXPERIENCED THIS BEFORE, AND IF YOU DIDN'T HAVE ALL OF THESE PHYSICAL PROOFS, YOU COULDN'T DRIVE THROUGH AN INTERSECTION WITH JUST HUMAN KIND OF FAITH IF THERE WAS NO uh, TRAFFIC SIGNAL UP THERE, IF YOU SAW A CAR COMING AND IT LOOKED LIKE IT WASN'T GOING TO STOP. YOU COULDN'T FLY IN AN AIRPLANE IF YOU COULDN'T SEE IT, IF YOU COULDN'T FEEL IT, IF YOU HADN'T SEEN OTHER PEOPLE DO IT AND GIVE TESTIMONY TO IT. YOU COULDN'T COME INTO MY HOUSE AND SIT IN A CHAIR IF IT ONLY HAD, SAY, THREE LEGS, AND IT WAS SUPPOSED TO HAVE FOUR, AND IT WAS WOBBLING, AND IT WAS SITTING. IF YOU HAD JUST HUMAN FAITH, YOU WOULDN'T SIT IN A CHAIR LIKE THAT. BUT YOU HAVE TO BELIEVE FOR THINGS THAT YOU CAN'T SEE. THAT IS GOD'S KIND OF FAITH. YOU CAN CONTRAST THIS BETWEEN THE CENTURION'S FAITH IN THE EIGHTH CHAPTER OF THE BOOK OF MATTHEW AND, the, and the THOMAS'S FAITH, ONE OF JESUS' DISCIPLES, IN THE 20TH CHAPTER OF JOHN. THE CENTURION SAYS, YOU SPEAK THE WORD ONLY, AND MY SERVANT SHALL BE HEALED. AND JESUS SAID, THIS IS THE GREATEST FAITH I'VE EVER SEEN. HE EVEN MARVELED AT THAT MAN'S FAITH. AND IT WAS BECAUSE IT WAS A FAITH THAT WAS BASED ON THE WORD AND NOT ON PHYSICAL EVIDENCE. IN CONTRAST TO THAT, THOMAS SAID OVER IN JOHN CHAPTER 20, UNLESS I CAN SEE WITH MY EYES, UNLESS I CAN PUT MY FINGER INTO THE PRINT OF THE NAILS, UNLESS I CAN SEE AND TOUCH, I WILL NOT BELIEVE. AND WHEN THE LORD APPEARED UNTO HIM, HE TOLD HIM, THOMAS, BECAUSE YOU'VE SEEN ME, YOU BELIEVE, YEA, RATHER, BLESSED ARE THOSE WHO HAVE NOT SEEN AND YET HAVE BELIEVED. SO JESUS PUT THE GREATER BLESSING ON THE PERSON WHO WOULD BELIEVE THE WORD THAN THE PERSON THAT HAD ALL OF THESE PHYSICAL PROOFS TO GO ALONG WITH IT. Praise God. I tell you, this is powerful. The Word of God is awesome. It's a living document. It's not like any other book. And that's what we've been talking about. And of course, all of this material goes into much more detail. This was just the beginning of this teaching uh, on the Bible being the accurate Word of God. So I encourage you to please get this material. We go into a lot of detail AND I THINK THAT THIS HAS THE POTENTIAL OF NOT ONLY CHANGING YOU, BUT EMPOWERING YOU 
so that you can truly make a defense of the gospel to those people who don't yet know the truth. Listen to our announcer and please call or write today. Today, Andrew's pleased to offer his highly anticipated series, Biblical Worldview, Foundational Truths. In this series, Andrew outlines the importance for every Christian believer to have a biblical worldview. Each of the 12 lessons in this series include a video, audio file, chapter lesson, and printable PDF wrapped in a single box set containing a workbook, audio USB, and a personal access code to the online videos. Each lesson is full of supporting facts, quotes, charts, and historic visuals. Through the online platform, you'll have lifetime access to all of the videos and digital workbooks on your computer or smart device. Biblical Worldview Foundational Truths is available for only $120. Go to awmi.net to order this valuable resource today for you or someone you love. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. I'd like to invite you to come join us on August the 11th through the 14th for our 2020 Healing Is Here conference. Last year was tremendous. We saw the dead raised. We saw people come out of wheelchairs. We saw thousands of people healed. And I tell you, during this coronavirus uh, problem that we've been having, we need healing. We need to understand these truths. It would bless you. So remember, it's August the 11th through the 14th in Woodland Park, Colorado, our 2020 Healing Is Here conference. The trajectory of your life is about to change. Forget what has gone on in the past. Forget all the zillions of people that you've had pray for you. Forget all of the doctor's reports that have come against you in the past. God has a future for your life and it's good. You have to say it. The power of God is voice activated. And you have to speak words. All pain gone now in Jesus' name. On March 23, 1968, Andrew Womack received a dramatic revelation of God's unconditional love and grace. Since then, Andrew has shared this nearly too-good-to-be-true news with millions of listeners worldwide. With his daily television show reaching 4.4 billion people worldwide, Andrew's message is changing more lives than ever before. He's expanding the vision through Karis Bible College, which has already discipled thousands of students around the globe and continues to grow every year. To learn more about what God is doing through the ministry, visit awmi.net. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how your support is raising up disciples who are bringing the message of God's love and grace around the world. Disciples like Devin and Jessica Grome, before attending Karis, Devin had no desire to become a missionary. However, after sitting under the Word for several months, Devin's heart began to change, and on his second year missions trip to Budapest, Hungary, he surrendered his plans to God. Looking out over the city, I just remember thinking, Lord, if you want me to move to this city or you want me to move to a mud hut in Uganda, I'll do it. 
Today, the Groms are full-time missionaries who are using what they learned at Karis Bible College to share the gospel throughout Europe. To watch their full story, visit awmi.net today. Many of you know that we have built a 1,022-space parking garage to accommodate all of our people that come to our facilities in Woodland Park. And it was at a $23 million cost, and we are trying to get that paid off as quickly as we can. Well, I felt like the Lord spoke to me about encouraging 23,000 people to give a $1,000 offering, either a one-time gift or pledged out over a period of 10 months, $100 per month. If you would like to be a part of that, I encourage you to call or write, go to our website and join our 1K Club.